If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey, 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 Better Nation. This is Dr. Erica, and it's time for another episode of Better with Dr. Erica. And this episode features a discussion of the impact of hair on personal and professional lives, along with building resilience to find a new purpose. Doesn't that sound great? I'm excited already. I'm so excited about my guest, Shalita Grant. She is a Tony-nominated actress that made headlines when she courageously left a popular TV show due to her struggle with traction, alopecia, and hair damage, which affected her in front of millions of viewers. Determined to find a solution, she developed a groundbreaking plant-based hair treatment that addressed her own complex type 4 hair issues. Now the questions this episode will answer are, how can hair impact the ability to work? What are some of the historical issues related to black hair? How do you make a mission of solving a problem that challenges you? I learned so much on this episode and was inspired to even try her products after hearing her passion. I know you will get something out of this conversation. It doesn't matter your gender or hair type or ethnicity. Stay tuned and let's get to the episode. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey y'all, welcome Better Nation to a brand new episode of Better with Dr. Erica and I am your host, Dr. Erica. Now you know if you're my patient or not. This episode is for educational purposes only. I am not your doctor, but I am a doctor. I'm I'm a pretty great doctor. (laughs) What happened was, so today I have a wonderful guest, so I'm not going to do a whole lot of random going on tangents like sometimes I feel like doing because my guest is so great. I need to get to this conversation because we were talking backstage and I was like, we can't just have all this conversation unrecorded. So got to come on. So my guest today is Shalita Grant. I will rename a Shalita to the Grant. Um, and, and you are in for a special treat today. You know, lately I've had a few different shows that centered around beauty and wellness, but this is probably one of our first shows that we're going to talk about hair. And the one thing about hair, y'all know, hair is an emotional topic. So I am so honored to have her on this program so that we can have this conversation. And rather than just ramble on. Let's get to it. So, you know, I told y'all, even though I read very well and had an almost perfect score on the ACT, I am not reading bios anymore. 
because it comes off dry and I don't want to have to give a dramatic interpretation of a bio. So what I'm going to do is say Shalita Grant is absolutely freaking fabulous. And then because she gave me the most prepared reel before we start, I'm going to let her tell you, since she is the expert on Shalita to the grant, about herself. So Shalita, can you take it away? Hi, Dr. Erica. You are hilarious. And I'm so glad to be talking to you today. Um, Yes, I'm Shalita Grant. Um, I'm an actress and I'm also the founder and CEO of Four Naturals Hair. Um, I started in theater. (laughs) I'm a Tony nominated actress. Um, And I started acting in television in 2014. And it was uh, the show that I started started in 2015, but left in 2018 that started my business for Naturals Hair. Um, I was on a television show with millions of viewers in CIS New Orleans that I left. Um, oh, you, due- you don't know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. My mother watches NCIS religiously. We do entire marathons of NC. Now I know. familiar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, <laughs> doing that show, doing that show, um, I had the experience that many Black actresses actresses have, um, but mine was more egregious um, in that it was so visible and it was a problem that was so consistent and so consistently bad um, that people, that's all they would talk about. Uh, it was not really my stunts or like, you know, the chemistry. It was like, what is on her head? Um, so I left that show in 2018 and 2019, I created a patent pending, uh, four step solution for every one of those chronic and complex Afro textured hair problems I had. Can we just have a moment for how fabulous she is? (laughs) And can we have a a moment for, I talked to my mother literally right before I came on this show. I was like, mama gotta go. You know who I'm going to call as soon as I get... You just don't know how much NCIS I watch with my mother. Oh, my God. (laughs) How did she feel about New Orleans? She liked all of them, but probably they... Just because of how things are in... um, I can't think of the word. Uh, When they replay the episodes over and over and over and Uh over again on other networks. Is that syndication? Syndication, yes. All right. Uh, That they probably the original one shows up the most everywhere. Yeah. 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 So she's uh, like totally fanned out agent Gibbs. That, yes, yes. I, I mean, if I hear one more, Jethro Gibbs. <laughs> literally it's me, her and the dog watching NCIS for hours. Oh my God. So, um, but y'all what's, what's going to be intriguing about this conversation and see, I can see her. You can't see her. Is that, I feel like there there are moments when you feel like people's mere presence gives people hope. And one of the things I'm I'm going to encourage you to do, we'll talk about how to find her later, is to look at our website because if you see how gorgeous her hair is and how these curls are popping, you would never guess all this other stuff had happened. Like you I would know. you you would never know. You wouldn't look and be like, "What's going on?" No, you'd just be like your curls are popping. You look gorgeous. You would never know. So um, I want you to check out her website because she is literally proof of, of what, 
of what she has gotten behind and what has done. So I, I know you alluded to some issues with your hair. Can you talk some more about what was actually going on with your hair and alopecia? Yeah. So um, I feel like for most black women, you have these, the, the two dualities. You have the hair that you're born with, and then you have the restrictions that come with whatever path of life you're on, right? right? And a lot of times, those two things are on a crash course. So I am a typical Black woman with very typical Black hair. It's mm-hmm. dry, I experienced growth plateaus. If I looked at a flat iron, I would be heat damaged. Like my hair is just like straight. Uh, I didn't have curl definition. Like my hair was set on fro. The way my hair responded to water was that it would stand up, it would separate out and it would shrink. So, and it would be really stiff. Um, My wash days were like three days long because I could not just style my hair. I had to like do some extensive hair ritual treatment thing before I even got there. Um, and it was expensive. So, but I have an atypical career acting that requires the use of my hair. And so outside of me, the other issue is that no one seems to know what to do with hair that has texture that's not straight. And when it comes to the tightest texture, people throw their hands up. And so for, for us with this really tight packed hair texture, there is a lot of just inherent shame that comes with having this hair because no one knows what to do with it. And the way that we get dealt with is if you have a problem and it's not solvable, then you are the problem. And so by the time I got to Hollywood, um, so I was nominated for a Tony in 2013 and I moved to LA immediately after my show closed. And I did a year in Hollywood and of auditioning and getting rejected. Um, And I talked a lot about this, like my start that first year, I auditioned for like 57 different projects and got rejected from them all. And it wasn't like I went in one time. Some of these projects were three, four auditions. I test, I get the test deal. I sign my name. I know how much money I'm gonna make every episode. Mm. Oh, it's life-changing money. And it's between me and two other girls and I'm not one that they pick. So that happened to me five times in that year. I was so my face. It's hard. And a lot of people don't, like, they they see the end result. You see the TV show, you see the movie, but you don't know how long it took for that person to book mm-hmm. that job. Most of acting is looking for work. So during that period, I learned a lot through the rejection. Oh, the hair. She doesn't really look like the character. So I began, like, transforming myself every audition. Oh, the, the, it takes place in the sixties. Okay. I'm going to like do some, uh, do some kind of sixties hairstyle. It's in the twenties. I'm doing like finger waves, you know, like just trying to give them what they're looking for. And then I start working in 2014. And after I booked my first job, I either worked a job or booked a job every other month after that. 
until I booked NCIS. And so by the time I got to that show at the end of their season one, 2015, my hair (laughs) had been through hell, right? And even before I got to LA, I had the experience in Juilliard, I went natural. And then two years after graduating, I did an audition and I straightened my hair, got a call back, but didn't book the job and had irreversible heat damage. Seven years of growing your hair out and it's like done from one flat iron session. So then it was like over a year of me trying to figure out how to deal with this new, weird, several different textures. And then I get nominated for a Tony. And so that's great. But as a black woman, the other thing that I have to think about is my hair. Because with this nomination comes press appearances, red carpets. And so I have to change my look on top of I'm wearing a wig on the show. So I have to transform out of the wig prep into a different hairstyle for a press event, right? So it's like the hair stunts of it all. When I started, I I had like a little bob thing. When I ended that Tony run, I had a pixie cut and then I moved to LA. And so when I got to NCIS, I was rocking like a wig with like some leave out because by this point I'm experimenting with wigs and extensions. And so from season one to season two, I told them like, hey, (laughs) it's New Orleans. It's very humid, right? (laughs) And so, (laughs) yes, it's hard. It's hot. It's sticky. And so my hair would revert. And so they would have to flat iron it. So I was like, I'd like to wear some hair texture, like have some curls in my hair, like some natural texture. And so the conversation became, well, okay, but we have to like test what kind of curl. We don't want it to be too curly um, because of professionalism. And so from season two to season four, what people watched was my hair changed. Like the ponytail construction changed every episode. Sometimes within that episode, I had a completely different scalp construction. But what they didn't realize was that I was chasing down this damage. So the extensions is where I got the traction alopecia. Beginning of that season two, we started in this like wet and wavy like (laughs) sew-in that they paid for. And I did one episode in the water and it was my big episode um, for the season. And it was a black girl in water underwater and coming out of the water. And that took weeks of preparation in chlorinated water. We shot in swamp water. We shot in the chlorinated water, the underwater sequences. And so when I took those extensions out at the end of that episode, I had a bald spot in the center of my head. Oh, God. And it's like no matter no matter the cause – being left bald as a woman in a society where like beauty is currency and in a job where my physical like health and wellness and beauty, like just having hair in general is important to have, it's shameful. And I remember like that weekend just crying and feeling like this sense of like paranoia, like... (laughs) Like, was this like, was this like, 
were they trying to do this to me? And, and are they going to do this to me again in the future? Like, how do I mitigate getting harmed like this again? Like, and then beating up on myself because I felt like, well, if you had spoke up last month or if you had spoke up the month before, or if you had, maybe you would have avoided this. And so at the end of season two, my character, like we just use my own hair and they did the very least by going to a hair store and, and getting like a ponytail clip. And then season three, I went back to the wig and the wig was easier for me because I was the person who had to maintain my actual hair. Like I needed to show up in a way that they, that the hair department could put my hair in a ponytail, but everything beyond that came from me. I was the one taking the braids down and shampooing and conditioning my hair. I was the one that had to take care of the hair that I had. So I thought it's easier to do that with a wig than it is with extensions Mm. because I can just slap the wig back on and sew it to the braids that I created underneath. And so in the middle of season three, I discovered that all that hair around the perimeter that I was letting them flat iron into this wig was now being chewed up and deteriorating. Mm. And so the, even the strands were thin compared to what wasn't being used underneath the wig. And by the end of season three, it, during hiatus, I was getting my hair colored and I took off my hair hat. I used to wear them so much that I called them my hair hats. Um, I took it off and I noticed that I had like less than an inch of an, and a half of hair left around my perimeter. Oh. And because of the traction alopecia in the center of my head, I knew that this had to be the end. Like this is the end of the road because the middle I can hide, but the perimeter that's and that hair, once that hair is gone, for some people, it never comes back. And so I realized that day that I had to quit my job. And when I came back, I came back in a wig that was so egregiously bad that like season four, that was it. It was just like from top brass down to the people that were watching the show. It was just so hideous. Like they were like, this is beyond what the shoe polish, like, why can't they get this girl's hair right? Mm. And then there's the colorism factor too, right? Because I am a lighter skinned black woman and people automatically assume when you're lighter skinned that you are immediately mixed, right? Like you have a white parent or a non-black parent Mm. and everyone, grandparents are black. So it was also like, light-skinned people are supposed to have had that figured out, right? And so because I didn't, I also felt like failure, right? And being on this big platform as one of two Black women, and I'm just not doing my part. Like, I am being a distraction. And that was hard because I knew everything that I was doing to not be a distraction and to be a team player, And it just, it just didn't work. And so I had to leave. And so leaving that show in 2018, in the middle of season four, um, you know, it was a big decision, but it was a necessary decision on so many different levels. Um, So I'll stop there. (laughs) Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for Ask Dr. Erica. 
People often ask me, what do you do? So here it is. I'm Dr. Erica Goodwin. Yes, that's my government name. Harvard trained, double board certified psychiatrist and integrative lifestyle coach. I'm irrationally passionate about helping you be better, do better, and live better. I do that through my adult telepsychiatry practice. My books, including Fix Your Fairy Tale, A Woman's Guide to a Great Life, Love, and Legacy. This podcast right here, Better with Dr. Erica and my speaking. I do all of this to help busy people like you that show up for work, you show up for your friends, you show up for your family, you show up for your community, and oftentimes you don't show up for yourself. And you look around and notice people aren't showing up for you either. Well, I do all of this to put you back in your life. So now you have a little taste of what I, Dr. Erica, do, and I look forward to you continuing to listen to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Number one, I appreciate you just being open and vulnerable to tell people your story because you don't, you don't have to. Right. Um, but I, I want to just hold some space for, I can't imagine the amount of mental gymnastics. <laughs> you And this is one of those conversations. I hope no matter what your ethnic background that you listen is that, I don't think people understand the amount of gym, just mental gymnastics it takes to be a professional black woman in almost any space. And my space isn't anywhere near as dramatic as the stuff going in on in your space. And I'm, I'm just very fortunate that I discovered short hair early, had no expectations that my hair have to be long because my family, I come from a family where actually a lot of women have short hair, which is probably pretty progressive given when it started in my mm-hmm. family that so many people had short hair. So there was never, I never grew up with this value. Like I had to have long hair to be valued. So I've worn a version of short hair for a very, a very long time. Um, But I, I just can't imagine having to go through all that. And, you know, I've been fortunate because how I wear my hair has always generally been accepted. By the time I went short and natural, they were cool with it. But, right. you know, it was relatively, in retrospect, it's still pretty conservative. I mean, I didn't even put a part in my hair till a few years ago. But it was short and natural, like pretty short. Like the longest my hair ever made it to was probably two inches. Mm-hmm. So I was, just by what my personal preference was, I was able to be within acceptability mm-hmm. <laughs> just by naturally what I did. Um, but I, I just can't imagine because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine with alopecia and she was going to have to potentially cut her hair. And I want to acknowledge that there's a huge difference in doing like I did, which was choosing to cut my hair off because my hair is, this is, three weeks worth of hair growth on my head right now. So (laughs) I wear my hair with visible scalp by Mm -hmm. choice. And it's very different choosing to cut your hair short versus being forced to. Yeah. Those are two very different things. And I want people to hold space for that, that someone can be dealing with alopecia or other kinds of hair damage and have to cut their hair and they can still look objectively pretty to you. That says nothing to how they feel about having this choice made for them. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it did feel like it felt like a betrayal because here I was trying to like 
be a team player, right? But then I still suffered like this real damage that was scary because when you when you have hair and you like value hair, you're like, oh, it's like there there's this duality where when I was living this life in these wigs, I coveted women that could show their scalp. But having, seeing my scalp and such a large part of it, the fear was also, will this, will I ever have hair there again? You know? And so like, it's like, oh, I wish I could show my scalp and not scalp that's like, and not the scalp that I want to I want to show. I want to be able to have hair that is manageable enough that I could put a part in it, right? But I didn't feel like my hair was manageable enough to do that. So I hid it underneath some more hair. Well, and it's natural because I, I don't know how old you are. I know how old I am. Which is not. I'm youthful, but I'm not young anymore. <laughs> okay, sir. We'll just say I'm one of the only friends, my friends, that's not either very comfortably in perimenopause or in menopause. Uh-huh. Okay. I feel like I'm the last Mohican. <laughs> okay. That's not there yet. Um, but it's, it's just, it's interesting seeing how young women now that are, are of the African diaspora view their hair versus women that are older because I feel like there's a little bit more freedom. I mean, when I grew up, I don't think hardly anybody had natural hair. Right. Like it was, it was notable. <laughs> it was notable when people had natural hair and most of the time it was, it was even braids. I don't even remember seeing that many people with locks when I was growing up and it wasn't a lot of people with braids, you know, this is before braid shops and, you know, there, there were no, no, uh, what do you call them? Lord, I'm having word finding difficulties. It's okay. And I have it's to right. laugh at myself. Um, this, this happens every once in a while. Uh, not the full lock, the, at this probably the issue. Oh, is the- I don't do any of this stuff. Right. Um, the crochet braids. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, none of this stuff was really a thing when I was growing up. And I, I remember all the random things that were put in my hair. And my mother and I, like a lot of families, and I understand what you're saying because I'm also of a lighter complexion, my mother has these big curls in her hair. Mm-hmm. She has fine hair with big curls. And the funny and ironic thing I find about black hair is I wanted my hair to be curly. My mother wanted her hair to be like mine. And my hair is very, very like it's thick enough that when I actually – wore more hair my hairdresser would cut my hair with thinning shears mm-hmm. I just have I just density have, high I density I have very high density hair and it was ironic that I wanted her hair she wanted my hair because she's like well my hair won't stay in a style your hair will stay my hair will stay wherever wherever you put it is where it's gonna be uh but I it's just interesting there's so much cultural context and pressure around it so I, I want to back up to What was it like having to make a major decision about your life and your career that was triggered by your hair? How, how did that feel and how did you cope with that? Yeah. So like, just like what's underneath that question is like, you have this huge job and it's something as like minor as your hair. Like, why would you leave such a big thing? 
for something minor. Like that's what people, especially when they read the headline of my story, they're like, that's ridiculous. Why would you have to do that? But the other thing is, like you started this podcast, hair is a very emotional thing. And also as a black woman, hair is a very political thing. Um, hair is how white people have controlled non-white people all through colonialism. You know, you look at what happened before the Chinese Exclusion Act, uh, white men cutting the queues of Asian men Mm -hmm. in Chinatown. Um, They were bald with the long rat tail and they would cut that, you know. Um, The assimilation schools for the Native Americans, they would cut the boys' hair, you know. Like hair is a way that you know, non-black, non-white people have been controlled for generations. And so for black women, boys and girls, we get it from even from school. You know, those dress codes, they often Mm. included hair codes as well. So we get from a very young age that your hair is part of your presentation and it is important. Um, And it can get you expelled from school. It can get you suspended. And then when you go into the workforce, you can be fired from work for coming to work with braids or not even hired because you have locks and you don't match the company's like appearance, whatever. And so in 2023, it's still federally legal for you to discriminate against people based on their hair, but there are groups of black people with allies who are trying to get the Crown Act passed Mm -hmm. and they're getting it passed state by state, right? So there is an acknowledgement of a system of discrimination of people who are non-white, but specifically black people and our hairstyles and the way that we wear, how it grows out of our head being policed. And so when you get to Hollywood, you know, for a lot of people, Black, white, indifferent. You just believe, man, that the air up there, it's different. Like every problem you have could be solved with money and access, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, if you, you know, did the show, if you work in Hollywood, you must have access to the best baby. And it's like, that's just not true. That's not true. There are plenty of people that are Black women and they are celebrities And if you look at them, 95% of them are bewigged. That's the truth. And so nobody is getting this opulent, excellent hair care up there. They're all playing the same game. We got to put on a show, baby. So the hair's got to be down to my tailbone, you know, and I got to buy that, you know, (laughs) got to make the wind go, got to get you a show, baby. But when it comes to like living your life, like, you're stuck in that. I can't show up in public without my wig. I can't, you know, like that's, it is what it is. So for me, working this job every day and the reward being just deteriorated, compromised hair, I just thought what comes with the problems with my hair interpersonally because there's a a hair department and they are incentivized to keep their jobs. So they feel like if there is an actor that has bad hair, 
how can we take as little responsibility for that as possible, mm. right? And the way that the Hollywood system is set up, there's no requirements for the hair people to know anything about textured hair. None. It's just money. Like you're you're paying to be able to get these kinds of jobs. That's what the union is. They're not teaching you anything. So the same issues that you're having in middle America with your hairstylist times that by a thousand in Hollywood, because now whatever she did to your hair in that chair is going to be seen by potentially millions of people. So for me, when I got to the point where I, I realized like I have to quit this was not just like, oh, my hair looks bad. It was, no, I have irreversible damage in my scalp potentially. I am losing my hair in the front. I also have all of these issues with production that have racked up over the years. So I could potentially not even work in this industry again because of the issues that I had on this show. So it was a, a for me, it felt like do or die, right? And it was also me saying, like, I value myself more than I value trying to be a good actor, good employee. I actually am value. I actually value myself. Um, I take in what you're what you're doing. I'm not gonna try to put nice intentions and in like, oh, it went awry, but you know they meant well. It doesn't matter. This is the situation, and so I have to leave so that I can save myself. Um, so when I made that decision, like I said, the, the greatest fear was that I would never work again. The other fear was that I would have the same experience that I was having if I got hired again. And so three months, about three months after I left the show, like walked off, nice, nice. I booked a recurring arc on Santa Clarita diet. And then as soon as I was done, like before I was even finished filming that I booked search party, a recurring arc on that. And so in 2019, I realized like your first greatest fear that you wouldn't work again did not come true. Okay. But you were in wigs in both of those jobs. So if you got hired for another series regular job where you're there every day, 16 hours a day, getting touched up two, three times a day, are you going to find yourself in the same predicament that you just left? And the answer was absolutely. Because my hair didn't change. My hair was still finicky. My hair was still fragile, you know? So I realized like no one is coming. I have this friction point. I've had this friction point my entire life. And no matter how much money I made, no matter who I knew, no matter who they knew who they worked on, it hasn't changed for me. So no one is coming. So I have to save myself. So that's what I set out to do. Um, in 2019, I just got really curious. For three months after I left that show, I did trauma therapy. I did okay. uh, somatic therapy. I did EMDR. I did some brain spotting. And the tools that I took from that modality of therapy was actually tracking my feelings in my body. And because I had had this uh, experience of, you know, okay, track my shame, track the, the, the pain, track, you know, <laughs> these trauma feelings, track this, I started tracking like 
my shame and my feelings around my hair and all of the areas of my life where my hair was friction, not going to the beach, being afraid of humidity, not being able to straighten my hair, having the phenomenon of brushing my hair and there being like two or three handfuls of my hair in the corner of the bathtub. You know, why does my scalp hurt so bad when I detangle? Why when I detangle an area and I go back to that area that I detangle, is tangled? Like there is like a lot of friction, right? And so when I took all of those pain points for myself, I gave myself this like really fun uh, goal. I, one of my therapists, I've been in therapy for, I I did therapy for about 12 years and I had different therapists and I've done different like modalities. And my first therapist kind of helped me gamify my emotions. And so, (laughs) and so, um, I, I turned this into a game of like, how can I solve this? And I was like, all right, I'm going to pretend like I am a scientist and I'm going to like put out my hypothesis, but then I'm going to give myself like these like boundaries, these parameters. And the parameters were that it had to be natural. Like it had to come from the earth and that it had to be uh, total. Like it, it fixes like the root issue. And I also wanted to solve like detangling for myself. And so I knew what the cosmetology board taught about hair, which is why we're all in the predicament that we're in, you know, from the loosest texture to the tightest, you can have a varying uh, experience depending on what chair you're in. And the reason is because the cosmetology board says hair is hair and then puts out straight hair mannequins. So I switched my focus to cosmetic chemistry, the study of hair for making hair products. And so getting these journals and things, learning about what actual hair was, and then looking at non-white but successful hair cultures. And I define success by uh, the hair was resilient, right? It's known to be strong that it's shiny, that it there are no issues with growth, and that the hair was able to, had a good relationship with water. And so I looked at India, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and Greece. And so I looked at what are the ingredients they use? What are the philosophies that they have behind hair? And, you know, what do the people actually do? And from that months and months of just research, I started experimenting. And, you know, I've in the research phase, I experimented with a lot of different things, like whatever was like viral on YouTube, like rice water, that's disgusting. It never made it to my hair. I only got to the fermentation. I was like, gross. Uh, Betonite clays, um, you know, all this stuff. Um, I did this like research on all the brushes that people were, all the influencers were uh, promoting. And Mm -hmm. I tried them all, battery powered brushes, just whatever. And so in this time, I created the Four Naturals Treatment. It's two products, but it's one thing that really, one product that really like change the game on my hair. And it's the Four Naturals Henna Mud Mask. Henna is what we've all been looking for, whether you're a two to a four, but if you are a four, this is what we've been looking for. If you are piling on a bunch of gels and like heavier products when you do your wash and goes, thinking that it's going to add weight to your hair, 
but it only leaves residue, you you want henna. If you're looking to be able to do hair stunts like, you know, thermal styling without heat heat damage, you're looking for henna. If you're looking for curl definition, if you want a better relationship with water, you want henna. Why aren't we using this? It's because of the cosmetology board. The cosmetology board has a section that every cosmetologist remembers like this. Hennas are bad for hair because they have a bad reaction to hair color. If there is henna in the hair, the hair, and you apply hair color to henna hair, the hair will smoke and could potentially catch fire. That's what they remember. I, I was a chemistry major. That doesn't sound like anything that would be actual chemistry. Right, right. So what is in the actual cosmetology, uh, the, the paragraph is that there are some hennas that contain chemical and metallic salt. Okay, so now you pick it up. And those chemical and metallic salts interact with color where they cause the hair to smoke and burn. And because you can never be sure what henna your client used, never color over or uh, like refer someone to use henna. Case closed, right? But that is henna that contains chemical additives, right? But the actual plant has no chemical reaction with hair color. And so you have an entire industry of people who have been indoctrinated against an ingredient that it just doesn't make any sense. So the henna in the henna mud mask is henna lawsonia, just the plant that has been dried, pulverized into a powder. And then I added a bunch of humectants, some indigo for a little to take that henna from the red to a, a brown and fenugreek. And then I sent off after I did my first like treatment on myself. Wasn't the exact formula, but when I did the first one, I was like, this is amazing. I tweaked it the second and third time. And I was like, okay, I'm not being dramatic here. The first time I did the treatment, I saw that my hair, it almost like they, it, the henna drew, a, a traced my, my mm. actual strands. So those strands that I was used to like angel hair, just standing straight up, now they had weight and they were like hanging. But I was like, I can't trust it because I've seen, you know, my curl, whatever, but this yeah. is with no henna in my hair. By that second, third treatment, I, there was nothing I could do to not see curls. I slept on my hair without a bonnet, wake up, add a little water, curls. <laughs> go, you know, go to the gym, sweat curls. Like it was just curls all the time. Um, Moisturized. Can you send me some? I'm like, (laughs) let let me, I was like, before I cut all this hair off, maybe I need to try it. Hey, Amore, Amore. That's one of my curl friends. She's a licensed cosmetologist and she's like you. She had short hair her whole life, but this was kind of why she would have, cause she had fine, but it was thick and she, she was sure she had a different curl pattern, but when her hair would grow out a little bit, she would color it and then it would deteriorate and then she would big chop it and then it would grow out a little bit and then she would color it. It would deteriorate. So it was just a cycle of big chopping. 
2021-2020, she found out about the Four Naturals treatment. I sent her some. And her first treatment, she was like, Shalita, my hair is completely different. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, I put conditioner in my hair, and that's the most I do all week. Like, I just got curls. So then her hair grew out. She colored it. And instead of this circle, right, this circular existence, she had a line. And it was a, a, a line going up. I don't know the, the technical term in the graph, but it, it was going up because her hair just continued to grow. And she continued to color it. And it continued to grow. And the only thing that she changed about her behavior was that she would treat her hair with Four Naturals. That was it. And so adding this treatment to her hair care regimen and not changing the thing that would cause her to big chop, she experienced hair growth. If you go to her page, Amore Monet, she got a bob. And it's red. (laughs) And that's what she wanted. And that's what she has now. And, And that's what I realized when I did the treatment for myself was like, I literally don't have any of the issues that I had with my hair. I am totally free. Better with Dr. Erica. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Better with Dr. Erica. I want to circle back to a couple of things you said. You said so many wonderful things. Um, Big ups for the therapy. Uh, One of the reasons I want to highlight this is that I know I, I ask this question to all of my patients and I'll ask, you know, have you undergone any trauma? No. Then you start listing things. They're like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think part of it is really any experience can be integrated as traumatic. Um, A lot of it's around if the experience caused you significant distress. And a lot of things get overlooked while people will more look at assaults, major natural disasters, major car accidents, getting shot or shot at, being at war, molestation, and rape as kind of the biggies of trauma. And there are so many things that people experience that are traumatic. You know, that's one of the reasons they started looking at different ways to look at advanced um, adverse childhood experiences was because also racism can be traumatic, um, which is one of the reasons we have a lot of conversations around Black women because we live life in a black body and a female body, which the experience itself for a lot of people, there are quite a few moments that are actually traumatic and just kind of being open to this fuller experience of what it is. And then not only recognizing it, or for me, for a lot of people, it's just recognize something ain't right. And then get someone that's a professional to help you with it. And to me, that's the hugest thing is seeing people struggle unnecessarily because they didn't either know how to get help or know they needed help 
or we're told that that's not what you do. You know, pray it away. Jesus can fix everything. And I love Jesus. <laughs> Jesus and I are cool. We're cool. Um, but there's a reason <laughs> God and Jesus <laughs> created some of us to be doctors so we can assist them a little bit. Um, and I, I and you mentioned EMDR for all of you out there that don't know what EMDR. It's actually probably my absolute favorite trauma therapy. Um, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprogramming. Um, one of the reasons I love it is it's not just having a constant rehash conversation over everything that was rough, um, which can be exhausting and traumatic in itself. Um, and I feel like EMDR, you can get you can start getting responses or or benefits from it relatively quickly. But ironically, when we started talking about trauma, one of the companion things I, I love that I hate that a lot of, especially black women, don't have as much access to is floating. Because I know you mentioned somatic therapies. And I love floating. For all of you out there that don't know what floating is, you get in a tank. They have a few different versions. Some versions, it looks like it's more of almost like you're in a jacuzzi situation somewhere it's like a pod some of them are open um but it's an extremely high level of salinity in the water so that and this is for black folks nobody sinks in it because we all know that person that could walk across the bottom of the pool <laughs> that it's so much salinity that no matter what your body composition is you're going to float and the central thing around floating is the sensory deprivation that it's typically it's dark there's not a lot there's not air float you're just kind of sitting there in floating in the salt water and one of the things I hated was I have friends and patients and where I float is like it reminds you of the old school swimming pool mm-hmm. where they're like you need to take a shower wash off all all product off your body all product off your hair um and this particular location you can't wear a swim cap in their float now, I do know a few places of some of my friends go to places that you can. But at the end of the day, for the average black woman that doesn't want to get her hair wet, you're not going to be floating all the time because it's salt water. And mm-hmm. You got to, you know, it's like you pretty much would have to time it with wash day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing I hate, too, is some of what you're talking about are all these random limitations of beaches and and water and you know just the amount of people I know that used to get mad do you remember that that period of time where almost all the hotels started getting rainfall shower heads yes yes and you literally shower like an L (laughs) I can get my hair wet but there are times I don't even want that I'm like I don't want all this stuff running into my face but it's it's just all of these simple things that (laughs) That can add up tremendously. Like my best friend, she'll sit for hours and twist her hair. I don't have that experience because all of these creative hairstyles weren't out when I cut my hair off and I went natural. So I've never twisted my hair or anything. So, you know, my wash my wash day takes five minutes. It's, you know, it's, it's either I've got my hands through my head or I brushed it. I put some product in it. It's over. It's done. The longest period for me is deep conditioning, which is usually the amount of time I'm in the shower. Right. Um, it's very, very simple. Um, but, you know, I, I think the important thing is being able to realize all of these traumatic experiences that people have and to get the appropriate treatment because that's going to give you freedom. Because one of the biggest things that trauma robs people of is safety. Mm-hmm. So people will not feel like places are safe. They'll not feel like people are safe. So being able to get treatment 
along with lifestyle modifications, because I think mm-hmm. we all have to work all of it together, is that then that gives you a level of emotional freedom that lets you step into who you're created to be so that you can be better, do better, and live better. But with without that, to think of everything you went through, if you would skip therapy altogether and you're like, I'm just trying to figure this out, you might still be figuring it out. Yeah, definitely. Life might not totally suck, but you might still be figuring it out. I would be. I absolutely would be. And I do think that for me, like, and I'm so glad you brought up floating. Let me just like say my thoughts on that. Um, Yeah, like I'm, it it was six years ago that I did this like time, this, and it was very intensive. Like it was three months. I went every week and we just like, we just worked on it. And I was a a real sponge. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was hard. And it's weird. Like EMDR, it's so strange. I don't understand how it works. It does work. There were times when I would feel so nauseated after, Mm -hmm. or I would have weird cravings like mashed potatoes. Like I just need to have something like that inside of me. And I do remember that she... Um, and Dr. Erica, I like, I did everything this woman told me to. She was like, no one reads the packets. I read it. I bought the books that the excerpts came from because it was like, I need to like feel better and like get more of a grasp on these emotions that now, like, I don't really have that grasp on. And the, the information that I learned was so pivotal because it was lining up with the experience that I was having. And she did suggest floating. And it was the one thing that I didn't do because it was pre four naturals, but post four naturals in 2019, I did do the deprivation tank down in, uh, it was one of the beach towns, like Hermosa Beach or something okay. like that. And I do remember having to shower, having, and the guy looking at me, like giving me the thing, like waiting for me to like protest. And it was like, no, like my hair is good. Like it's literally the health of it is dramatically improved. It is good hair. I can meet all of these requirements and actually have this experience. So it's wild that it took trauma therapy for me to heal my hair. And then I was able to put that little cap on the last suggestion that I didn't do post-treatment. Well, and that's the thing I hate about it is it's just like, if people can tolerate the sensory deprivation, it's phenomenal. It's incredible. Um, but it's like, I was telling, talking to one of my girlfriends and I'm like, half the people I know, like I can do it because I, I wash my hair every, every time I take a shower, I wash my hair, but I have no hair. Right. You know, so it's not this maintenance scheduling and, and this whole thing with prep. It's very easy to keep it moisturized and stuff. It's very easy for me to do scalp treatments because it's. Like I remember I was looking at one of these these um, treatments because I, I buy r- too much random hair stuff. I, I will admit it. I'm, I'm better than my best friend. But the only thing is I don't have hardly any hair, so everything lasts forever. So sometimes experimenting with stuff is a commitment or I have to find someone to give it to. Like she has like past shoulder length 4C hair. So what lasts her two or three washes lasts me like 
six, seven, eight months. Right. Uh, but it's one of those things where I was looking, I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine trying to treat my scalp and I've got to do this. It's like, I just put it on there and then I massage it in my head. And it's over. Like, it, it's just amazing the amount of effort, but I, it was interesting seeing and, and you all have to watch her stuff because she is like one of the best big chop videos ever <laughs> is, is that I know for me, when I went, I went from, I had my hair was relaxed for a very, very long time. Then I was living in Boston. I couldn't find anybody to do a good relaxer. So my hair was relaxed, but it was two steps away from virgin hair. And I think everybody out there that's black has had this experience where you had a relaxer, but you're like, did I really have a relaxer? It burned, <laughs> but I, I, don't see the I don't see the results. And I kind of made the decision, well, if I'm going to go natural, I might as well go natural now because it's like I got a head full of natural hair. And then I went, I was probably about two inches of hair. And then I had a relationship with, with texturizers for about a year, year and a half. Then I decided we're just going to go full natural. But it's like I went from two inches to one inch to like half an inch. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it's just not that dramatic, you know, it's, it's dramatic for other people, but it's not that dramatic. But when I went all the way down, it was like, it's to not have to, you know, in my adult life, I haven't had much bonnet time. Right. And, and the crazy thing is now part of the reason I have silk and satin pillowcases is my skin. Skin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I started reading, it's like, oh, that'll help you from getting wrinkles. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll oh, yeah. be in let me let me let me let me try these. Mm -hmm. Let me do this. Um, but it's it's just so amazing, and it's one of the reasons why I wish not just not for the aesthetics of it. It's almost like I wish everyone could have a big chop, a pleasant big chop experience, just to have at least a period of time where, especially if you're not someone that has a grade of hair that you wash it, you comb through some product and then you go and it's fine to have that experience where your whole there's not so much planning around your hair because that's what I found the freedom of it was is that oh I don't have bedhead anymore mm -hmm. I there have been times I've left the house and forgot to brush my hair nobody mm -hmm. knew you know I don't have bedhead you know I technically I had to work really hard to even have to do a walk of shame at this point <laughs> You know, exactly so it's really freedom food. you're yes. free and then it's like I can travel and not check luggage because I don't have a million products all my products fit in those um I'm not getting paid by this but I'm a sucker for those little cadence containers on the internet but the original ones the new ones are too big I don't like they I actually am sending some back because the new ones they they did this thing to make them flexible and they're just too big um, but it's like all my stuff fits in these little tiny containers. I cannot check a bag. You know, I was gone three and a, about three weeks and I had one larger suitcase and the other small one I brought on with me was really more computer equipment and stuff, but just the freedom of not needing a zillion products. I don't have to worry about what kind of hair dryer is there. You know, I don't have to worry about, do I want to swim? Do I not want to swim? you know, getting in the hot tub, making sure if you're in the hot tub, you don't get too much or, or just humidity. Cause you mentioned new Orleans. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I feel bad. I, my girlfriend's with natural hair. We're down there. I'm like, Oh, I hate, I, I hate my life. No. Yeah. No. So, so for you, everything that you're experiencing is what everyone experiences post for naturals treatment who has 
long, mm-hmm. thick, or even medium f- type four problem hair. Uh, for me, I travel all the time. I actually am a temporary resident of Mexico. I live here in okay. Mexico. Um, and so, but I, I travel all the time. And one of the the issues with traveling is you have to check a bag, right? Because you got to put your hair products. There's no way you can take a dime amount of product. Well, post-treatment, you are so free that you can do what I did last year um, in August. I flew to Japan uh and didn't check a bag. And I went to the the hair, they have this like hair product store, Don Quixote, and bought the best gel of my life for a dollar in this like Japanese dollar store, essentially, and like live my life. No need to like check a bag. I checked a bag on my way back because I wanted to bring that gel with me. But that's the difference. It's it's based on joy. It's based on living your life and thriving, right? And not just like, how do I make sure that I have the bare minimum for myself in case something goes wrong? Like there's none of that anymore. Going to Barcelona in December of 2019, I went and I went in a silk press and I was like, I'm going to revert my hair in Barcelona. Went clubbing one night. I was there for two weeks. Went clubbing one night, sweated out my silk press, rinsed my hair out with hotel conditioner and just used whatever gel that I got while I was there and done, donezo. Like that's real like freedom, right? Like freedom with your hair. Getting into the pool, one of my girlfriends, uh, she was a product tester, 50, turning 52, planned a Hawaiian vacation for herself and wasn't sure if she was going to be able to get in the water. (laughs) But she did the four natural treatments. She was one of my first and a treatment tester. And she was sending me videos. She was putting flowers in her hair. She told me I swam with the turtles, rinsed my hair out, used the hotel products and used my little lotto. She brought some lotto body with her because, you know, old habits die hard, you know? And she was like, and I was done before everyone, my hair just curled. So like, it's truly a different life. And for me, what I, why I even decided to turn this into a business was because Black women, like, okay, pre-treatment, I was embarrassed. I felt humiliated. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of Black women that felt like, you know, I was (laughs) letting them down. But post-treatment, I'm like, listen, a lot of everything that you're going through in your life, there is something to do with your hair. And if I could eliminate that from, like, as a friction point for you, you're going to see just how, like, undermined we've been. We've been here since the beginning of this country. Why hasn't anyone figured out what our hair needs? We just got to shampoo and conditioner and stopped. So that helps the majority of people, but it definitely does not help people with type four hair. And we've been on YouTube trying to figure this out for the last 15 years. And I just thought I I found something that works. It's systemic It's easy. You can replicate it, but it gives you so much freedom after you use it. It literally changes your life. I wanted black women to have that experience 
of that freedom. Yes, I may have these restrictions that come with my job, but I can actually meet them because the integrity of my hair is protected with this treatment. That's what treatments should do. We're used to deterioration, but I wanted restoration, rejuvenation for us so that you can really experience the the beauty of your life, man. You can do anything. Don't think about your hair anymore. Wow. I mean, I'm like... You make me want to grow my hair out. Like, <laughs> do it. Like, oh, girl, that's, that's a minute and a half, though. No, Dr. Erica, do it. And then experience the difference post-treatment. We, we will stay in touch. Yes, we I have, will. I'll have to get some of your stuff, and we'll see if I can make it to an inch. Yeah. Me, me making it to an inch of hair on my head is is pretty much epic right now. Okay. I, I get urges to cut my hair so quickly that – Kind of like about an eighth of an inch past where I am is where, you know, we hit danger zone. Like I start tweaking. Mm-hmm. My hair is getting longer. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved and I, I don't want to let this moment go by and, and hopefully you have a little time. I realize we're going a little over. Um, is I love that when you talked about those four pillars of, of four hair, that I, I love that it was that it was strong, that it was shiny, that it could deal with water, you know, things around health. It wasn't, it's curly, it's straight, it's this, it's that. And a part of me really wishes we could get to that on beauty standards too. Yeah. Uh, Because it's, there's so much judgment and thought around hair that to be able to experience hair as, and I, I hate to even say this, my mother hates this word and I hate it too, but to have Good hair is healthy hair. It's not. It's an, not an aesthetic. It is a truly a health thing. Or, yes. You know. Yeah. Absolutely, Doctor. It it riles me up when we talk about this because absolutely for me, the the conversation about good hair, bad hair, I knew was like just steeped in race, but post treatment and and even pre treatment, like the research that I was doing. For me, what I learned from cosmetic chemistry is that like the issues that make hair bad are health issues. That's it. And the whole aesthetic of good hair, that 3C curl pattern, that's that's the healthiest curl that we can see. But there are a lot of people with that curl pattern that have low porosity. It's dry, it's frizzy, you know, whatever. So it's really a health thing, right? So if we can improve our hair health, then we can improve our overall experience. And for me, the modality, all the modalities of therapy I've done, I have come to understand for myself healing to be very simply having one experience and having and different experience. So if you have the experience of dryness If you have the experience of moisture retention, then that is a healing experience. That is a good experience. And we all understand moisturized hair as good hair. So we all have it. We just need health. Oh, my. Y'all, if I could, I would keep her here all day. But at some point, I do have to let her go back to whatever the rest of her life is. Oh, um, but before you let me go, before oh, you let me go. Oh, you're not, you're not done yet. No, I just have to say, we, we, I, I got to start turning towards. Yes, let's pivot. But let me pivot out with this. You said my goal is to get an inch of hair. 
Well, what I learned from cosmetic chemistry is that the average rate of hair growth is half an inch a month. Now, when I did my recent big chop for my Four Naturals audience in 2021, we did the 2022 Grow With Me Challenge. Can you and I retain half an inch of hair a month? And of course I did. Like the hair is down, (laughs) down my back. (laughs) It's just that good old shrinkage, right? Buoyant, good buoyant hair um, due to four naturals. So I'll send you a henna mud mask and a deep conditioner. And the goal is half an inch a month. Can you retain it? And uh, I think you will. <laughs> I mean, the main thing is getting to the point where I don't want to get rid of it because my hair, my hair grows so fast. Like literally, um, like I think this is my I had my hair cut a week and a half ago, um, and well, I yeah. recut in my part and I relined it because that was part of my freedom was learning how to cut my own hair. My mother, ironically, my mother grew up um, poor, like like old school poor. Like you could see the sun shines and the wind blows through the outside of the house. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She taught me how to literally do everything. And that was the last thing is. So when I traveled a lot, my hairdresser, cause I couldn't meet him all the time. He actually was wonderful. Shout out to Kevin Anthony. He took me to the barber and beauty supply and helped me pick out clippers and taught me how to use them. So I could oh. cut my own hair. Uh, and, and that was a huge amount of freedom for me because I was on the road all the time. Um, but I said, I can't keep you here forever. So I want to pivot into the speed round. Okay, let's do it. Um, what is the best compliment that you've ever received? The best compliment that I've ever received was that I was a good leader. And I got that from um, the woman that runs the uh, the virtual assistant. She's she's a vendor, so she has okay. all these other people that work with her. So yeah, that was a sweet one. Oh, I love it. I love it. My next one is, what's one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self? Oh, just get to the other side. <laughs> like whatever you're experiencing now, like every storm has an end. So you just have to get to the other side. Learn what you're learning. Get to the other side. Preach. The third one. See, you're good at this. Is what is your superpower? My superpower is healing. <laughs> That's my superpower. Oh, I just right. have so much joy and peace and presence. And I don't look like what I've been through. I mean, the recent things are what we're talking about, but I don't come from, you know, some nice, nice situation. But in spite of all of that, my commitment has always been in healing and growth for myself. Y'all, I wish you could see this video. She is glowing. I am! (laughs) Yes, I'd be like, you have a skincare line too? (laughs) Just wondering. (laughs) So um, do you have a takeaway or final message for our listeners out there? Yeah. So um, you said you can't really see it, but I have these like two tattoos um, on my um, on my forearms and it's a more fati oh. and it's a stoic principle, love of one's fate. Um, and I, I, I leave this with your listeners that like, We spoke a lot about like hard stuff, right? Um, 
But I do want you to understand (laughs) from a stoic principle that everything in your life is happening for your good. And if it comes with pain, it's the lesson. And that's it. But it's your life. So every problem that you have in your life right now, it's your problem. And there is freedom to that because you get to decide how you get through what you're going through. It's not really about having struggles or not having struggles. That is an immature way of looking at your life. You are going to have struggles. You are currently in your battles. It's not about whether you have them or not. It's about how you're getting through them, right? So if that's something to impart, it's the how. It's not the what, it's the how. And if you can find peace for yourself in your battles, you're winning. Okay, now. I I basically don't have to do anything. How about that? (laughs) How about that? Well, where can the people find you and also find some of this glorious four naturals to make their life free? Yes. So go to www.4f-o-u-r-naturals, as in all of us, hair.com. And we have our education page. You can look at my story. I put my founder's story on the page so you can see some of that damage that we talked about. You also, We also have tutorials and other like post-treatment videos. Um, all of the press and, and, you know, everything there is to know about Four Naturals. And on IG, fournaturalshair.com. And my IG is my name, Shalita Grant. Oh, I love it. And see, she she stole my thunder. I was going to say, y'all, there's education. There's all kinds of stuff on this website. <laughs> like you, you, you want to see, you want to see this website because it's, there's so much energy. Well, there is great energy on it and so much information. And I think a lot of times, I like to have people on that their information will actually be good. But I, f- I feel like in the world of social media, there have been times where just because you're an influencer doesn't make you right. No, <laughs> or valuable. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff you're sitting here like, uh, what did you do? Wake up this morning? And it's like that. Um, remember the old commercial where the dude does all these crazy things? He's like, I stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> and I feel like that. That's how there are some influencers I feel like, okay, you all are giving good information. And some I feel like you just stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night and and now you're an expert. (laughs) That's hilarious. Like, I don't know what happened. So, you know, my my final thoughts are um, I'm pulling from all of you that are regular listeners for you people that are not regular but will be regular listeners and people in Better Nation. I have... I have this habit of buying little sentimental tokens at random stores. And I have one that's like a inspirational card deck that sits by my desk. And the one that was up for today, I just wanted to share. It says, share a joy is double joy. And that is a Swedish proverb. And the reason I want to share this is, as Shalita said, we, we talked about some hard things. We talked about some things that are joyful, but At the end of the day, my goal is for you to be able to be in a place to give and accept love and to live a life that is full of joy. Might not be joy 24 hours a day, but a a significant amount of joy. 
And one of the things as human beings that is really big for us is our ability to connect, which is one of the reasons we talked about how it's important to actually treat trauma so you can help connect in healthy ways. But when you're able to connect connect and share joy, it's very powerful. Mm, very, yeah. very powerful. Um, so I want to remind you all, don't keep all that joy bottled up and to yourself. Share some of it. So again, Chalita, oh my God, you made my day. This is, I'm, I'm like, I don't have to do anything else today. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> now I'm telling stories and being overly dramatic because I do need to, <laughs> not a plug, I need to go to the Apple store, the place where <laughs> all of us with Apple products end up per- periodically, even though we love them. Um, but I would, I just have to say thank you. This was such a wonderful conversation. I found it extremely valuable for myself. So I know all my listeners in Better Nation find it valuable. And thanks so much for just giving of yourself and, coming out of some of your challenges with something that can help other people move through theirs. Um, To all of you out there, thank you so much for taking time. You know what you did. You spent quality time with us. That feels great. But what feels even better is you invested in yourself. You took some time for yourself to make you better. And I'm here for all of it. So if you like what you heard, I need you to do me a few favors. One is hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform. That will let you know when new episodes come up. But you know I like the bonuses. Who doesn't want like a bonus? So I want you to be able to find out about them. The next thing, if you like what you heard, please rate. And I'm going to do like the Uber driver. Rate five stars, please. <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate you. The last thing is, if you like what you heard, please share. Don't let us be the biggest kept secret. Share us. Share with your family, your mama, your daddy, your friends, your Uber driver, the person checking you out at the Target, everywhere. How about that? But I just want to say thank you. I want you to take your left hand, put it on your right arm, take your right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself a huge squeeze, unless you're driving. You have to do this after you get to your destination. I don't want to be blamed for any automobile accidents. But thanks again. I look forward to seeing you soon. As you know, new episodes drop on Tuesdays. I just feel so much love and I hope you can feel it through the ears. Thanks for trusting me and having me in your ears. So until next time, have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now, don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible. But I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.